Church. What's up, Rock Church? How y'all doing? What's happening? What's up? Everyone take a deep breath in. Say, what's up? That's better. That's better. We got a great service for you today. First thing I want to say is right now we have our first 6 o'clock service in City Heights. Let's give City Heights a big hand. City Heights. We had our first, first Sunday. We've been working on this for over a year. We want to welcome all the people in City Heights. I, I got to go down there at the 12 o'clock service and it was jammed. It, it was great. We had about 1,300 people there this morning. And I know we got a bunch of people there. It's so exciting. The ministry is going to happen down there in City Heights. So welcome City Heights. We also want to say hello to San Ysidro, uh, East County, North County, and all our campuses. If you are new, we have now five campuses around San Diego. One in City Heights. Amen. Amen. One in uh, City Heights, El Cajon, San Ysidro High School, and in San Marcos, and right here in Point Loma. And the advantage of having those campuses is not only can we multiply leadership, we have leadership teams on every campus, staffs on every campus, but we can also mobilize the people in each part of San Diego uh, to minister to the communities. And our newest campus right there in City Heights is going to focus on the mid-city area. has about 171,000 people and 12 square miles and 51 dialects. And so there's a lot of action, a lot of stuff down, to do down there. I'm very excited about all you guys and Pastor Mike and Didi down there. So God bless y'all and we're very excited. And also the people online. I want to say hello to the people online. Amen. Amen. On a sad note, we have many uh, faithful servants here on our, in our church and work in the facilities area, audio, uh, video, all the people put all this on. And one of our faithful uh, employees, slash, he's a servant of God, Charles Sims, went to be with the Lord on Thanksgiving Day. We said goodbye to him yesterday at a service here. And he was a, a, just a saint here, uh, just a faithful, humble servant. And we just want to acknowledge him and say thank you to him for his service. You probably, probably never saw him, but you were a beneficiary of his work uh, coming here every week. And so I just want to give him and his family a hand and thank you for his service. Amen. Um, uh, six weeks ago, seven, eight weeks ago, we started our all-in initiative. Everyone say all-in. And if you were here during that, you got a pledge card. And about three weeks ago, you made a financial pledge for the next two years. Today is our celebration Sunday where we are going to start giving and fulfilling those pledges. And today we want to let you know how much we got pledged. But I want to give you a little uh, background. We had six weeks. We studied the life of Abraham. And we were, it was designed to enlist all of us in the mission of the rock, in volunteering and in giving. We started uh, 374 new life groups. We had 828 life groups that went for that. Six weeks, let's give a hand to all those people who were in those life groups. How many of y'all went, went to a life group for the first time during that time? Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody? Just a few of y'all. How many of y'all went to a life group at all? How many of y'all do not? Ah, okay. How many of y'all are just like, just not going to raise your hand? <laughs> okay, it's like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, we had, uh, let me see what else we had. We had 743 uh, commit financially to the church that have never given to the church. And we had uh, 3,400 households. Our goal was 100% of the people to, to commit. And if we did that, uh, financially we thought we can get to 75 million in pledges. And that is everything everybody would give over two years. Uh, usually it's about 50 million that people give 55 million. Uh, so we want to show you what we got. Again, this represents all the money that people pledge or is anticipated to come over the next two years, which is designed to invest in ministry here in San Diego and around the world. So we got a drum roll, brother. 
That's where we started. That's what we got. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand on that. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Let me explain what this means. For all of you who have pledged, it means that you have said, God, I am going to trust you and be generous to whatever you pledge to. My encouragement to you is that you watch, one, do it, but watch what God does in your heart as you do it. Because God doesn't need your money. He could just take it if he wants. He wants you to say, God, I trust you. I honor you. And then watch what he does in your life. Amen? For the rest of you will say, well, they don't need my money. It's not about needing your money. It's about you being faithful to honor God with what he's given you. That God would honor you back. And so I want to challenge you, for all of you who have pledged to say, okay, God, I am going to be faithful, but I'm going to watch what happens in my life. I'm not just going, well, here it is, here it is. I'm going to give and then I'm going to say, God, I want to see. It's not about him giving you more money. It's about him changing your heart. It's about him opening opportunities for you to receive, give, operate, relationships, opportunities. It's all that because all God wants is your heart. And obviously we use those resources to do ministry. And so it's a win, win, win. Can I get amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's get on our knees and pray. We got a great, some word today. Let's get on our knees and pray. We need to pray for our San Diego churches. Lord Jesus. Um, you know, I play football all my life and I have never seen so many people get hurt. And it's really scary uh, because these are just regular people that are, you know, uh, Dontrell Inman, who is one of our family, church family guys who got hurt today. Uh, luckily, he only sprained his neck. I mean, it looked like he broke his neck. Um, but uh, anyway, we pray, not only pray for the wins, but pray for their health. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for our church. We thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for the people who faithfully said, I'm going to be generous. We pray you honor them in ways that is undeniably God. And Lord, I pray you challenge us today in your word to trust you to follow you, to obey you into the unknown. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at the person next to you and say, that was for you. Are y'all ready for church? Amen. Let's see your Bibles on three. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. First book of the New Testament, Matthew 14. So many years ago, I can't remember how many, I went to Kamloops, Canada. Does anybody know what Kamloops, Canada is? Nobody? You do. It's out in the middle of nowhere. You fly to Vancouver. And then you fly east over the mountains. It's like a postcard. It's so beautiful. And you go into the middle of nowhere. And when I got to Kamloops, I was driving to this arena. And these people were skydiving. 
So I said to myself, I'm going to do that today. So I went over to the skydive place and I said, look, I want to jump out of a plane. The guy said, give me your money, we'll throw you out. So I gave him some money and he said, you got to take a class. And I said, okay, what's the class? He says, well, just stand on that chair. And I stood on the chair and he said, jump off. He said, that's it. That's, it. that's all you got to know. So I got in the plane, <laughs> true story, I got in the plane and, um, you know, you, you kind of crawl in this plane. And I didn't have a parachute, I had a guy on my back, a guy that I did not know. And I had, you know, I was, we were strapped together and I had an altimeter, which tells you the altitude of the plane as you go up. And so he said, when we get to 12,000 feet is when we're going to open the door and you're going to jump. So I, I'm, I'm sitting there and you can hear the plane going, one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, eight, nine, ten thousand, and it went to twelve thousand. And it sounded like the plane stopped, but it just stopped going up. It just went, and then they opened the door. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing? So they said, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're all gonna crawl over to the door, and then you're gonna grab this bar and you're gonna jump out. So everyone's jumping out. You can hear him screaming. So I'm, I'm like, you know, like coming up to get ready to jump out this plane. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, hey, uh, uh, by the way, has anyone ever like not jumped out, like changed their mind at this point? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, one time this 12-year-old girl, she didn't want to do it. And she got, she was crying and stuff. I said, oh, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I just asked. And I just want to, you know, we, we didn't really have not talked a lot on this, on this little trip. So I went over to the door and, and there was a bar across the top of the door. And, and literally I'm here at the edge of the plane. With this bar, and that's outside, and it's two miles up. And he said, when, you, when I count to three, he's telling this to me. When I count to three, I want you to let go. I said, I ain't letting go until I want to let go. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he said, one, two, and I let go. And you, go, you fall from zero to 120 miles an hour in like, I don't know, a couple seconds. <laughs> and then you just sit there. With wind just, and, and there was another guy with a camera on his head. He was right in front of us taking video of this. And I was like, <laughs> I was crying. Tears were going up. I, I really wasn't crying. However, it was exciting for the first five seconds. And after that, it was kind of like, you know, just you really couldn't tell you were falling. Um, but in order for me to experience that, I had to let go. Everyone say let go. If you are going to do what God calls you to do, slash experience what God wants you to experience, you have to let go. You're going to have to let go of what you call your security blanket or your boat, I'm going to call it. In this story we're going to look at, a story about Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus and his disciples, they're going to, he, he is setting them up in his three-year ministry with them He's preparing them to leave him. And he's performing all these miracles in front of them. He's healing the blind, the deaf, the deaf, the mute, the cripple, raising the dead, casting out demons, arguing with the religious. And he's telling them all along, I'm going to leave you one day and you're going to do this. He sends them out and says, go cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick. And they come back and tell him that it actually worked. And in this particular story, he is going to feed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread, a few fish. And then he's going to go into the mountain and send his disciples into the sea. And he's going to send them across the sea. And then he's going to go into the mountains while they have this miracle fresh in their mind. He's going to send them into the sea. He's going to go up into the mountain and pray. And a storm is going to come in the sea. And they're going to be rowing thinking they're going to die. 
And he was going to come out walking on the water to them. And he's going to stand in front of the boat on the water and he's going to see what happens. Which one of them gets it? Is any of them going to step out of the boat? Is any of them going to walk away from their security blanket? Now, right now, I guarantee you all of us in this room have our sense of security. Our job, our relationship, our class, where you live, in your frat house or whatever. And that's your, the people that you think, and I'm not saying they don't, but necessarily care for you. They got your back. You feel comfortable. You feel comfortable uh, uh, going to this Starbucks. You feel comfortable with this job. You feel comfortable with this, this uh, sense of money, uh, amount of money you think. And that's your security blanket. And God is saying, I want you to follow me, but you're going to have to jeopardize your security blanket. You might have to walk away from it. Because if you're holding on to that, you can't hold on to me. That is going to happen. All your friends are going to change. Not that you're going to, you won't have some friends for life, but you're going to get new ones. Family members are going to die. Jobs are going to change. Even if you get married and stay married to the death do you die, your relationship with your spouse is going to change. The one thing that will never change is your relationship with God. And so as God is calling you to experience what he wants you to experience, if in fact you want to be a godly person, you are going to have to walk away from what you sense to be secure. So there's three things I want you to consider before we read the story. Number one in your notes. Look at number one in your notes. Describe the water that you need to walk on. Describe the water that you need to walk on. The impossible situation that you need to step into a new job, a new relationship, or walk away from a relationship, walk away from an addiction, walk away from a job, step into a, into a take a major at school, change your major at school, and you think, I can't study that. I can't be a doctor. I, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't have the confidence that I could have been a doctor. Now I know looking back, I could have, but at the time I didn't. So I never stepped into that. God may be calling you to step into that. So identify the water, the impossible situation that God wants you to walk into. And then number two, identify the boat you are trusting in. In other words, you have a relationship. It's possibly a dysfunctional relationship that you know is not right or best for you, but you are scared to leave. Or you have a job that you feel really comfortable in and would never want to leave. And it, and it may be fine. Maybe you're not supposed to leave. But what if God asked you to? What is God calling you out of? What is God calling you to risk? What is God calling you to open your hand to? Maybe you have an amount of money. I can't let my bank account get lower than this. I can't give. I can't give them my time. And God's saying, I just want you to open your hand. What is that? Because God doesn't want you to trust in anything more than him. He wants to be able to say to you, I want that, 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 that. And you say, okay. That's what he wants. When I took the, my first ministry job, I had just retired from playing football. And my first ministry job, now I was married, had three kids, a house, and two cars. My wife had a car, I had a car. I had bills, I had a mortgage. I had three kids. And I got a job making $125 a week. Now do the math. My house payment was many times that. That didn't even pay for my garage. I still had two cars. I still had to feed my kids. And God said, are you going to trust me? $125 a week, $500 a month. 
on a four-week four month. On a five-week month, it was $100 a week. He said, that's all you're going to get. I said, well, God, I, and, and I got offered a job. And in a second, he said, okay, we're going to offer you the job as youth pastor, $500 a month. And I'm, I'm a math guy. I, knew, I do numbers quick. <laughs> my bills were way more than that. That ain't going to pay my bills. How am I going to do it? And God said, are you going to trust me or are you in it for the money? I said, I'm going to trust you. I took the job right there on the spot. God said, is your security blanket a bigger salary or is your security blanket me? Am I calling you? So what is your boat that you're going to have to step out of because if you really want, maybe you don't. How many of you by a show of hands and we raise our hand, we put our hand, our, our, our elbow above our ear like that. Okay. Not the little, little, little alligator raise. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to pause and then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand right away in all the campuses. I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to pause and then I'm going to say, if the answer is yes, raise your hand. Don't raise your hand right away. Everybody clear? What are you not to do? Raise your hand right away. Okay? Okay. Watch how many people raise their hand right away. Watch. This is going to happen. Are you not supposed to raise your hand right away? Correct. You're not supposed to raise your hand right away. Is that correct? Okay. How many of you really, really want everything God has for you? Don't raise your hand right away. <laughs> listen, listen to me. How many of you, don't raise your hand. Here's why I don't want you to raise your hand. Because you're going to see people raise your hand. You go, of course I should raise my hand because I should want that. I don't want you to do that. That's called peer pressure. That's called following the crowd. That's called, I don't want to be called out, so I'll just fake it. God knows your heart. So let's not fake it. That's why I don't want you to raise your hand right away. I want you to think. How many of you really, really want what God wants for you? Don't raise your hand right away. <laughs> raise your hand now if you want it. Okay. I'm going to be skeptical. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You know why I don't believe you? You don't come. Come when it's half, half the service is over. Not consistent. Don't serve. Let's go. Not in small group. It's like a, it's like a show. I think, I think you want to want it, but I think you want it cheap. In other words, I want to come once a I just want you to change me. Bless me. God said, no, no. I want you to want it. I want you to come get it. I want you to come get it. That, that, that's wanting it. I tell the story all the time. I got to tell it again because it's so appropriate. When I met my wife, she would not give me a number. She said, if you want me, you find me. You work at it. She didn't say those words because I said, how am I going to see you? Because you're not going to give me your phone number. She said, you will figure it out. Those were her words. You will figure it out. Girls, imagine you meet a guy and you're kind of interested. She just met me so she wasn't like falling over because she was just coming out of a breakup and all that kind of stuff. She was kind of interested, but she was like, you find me. I, 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 that's all I'm going to give you. And we didn't have cell phone. I had, I had to like go FBI on a homegirl. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, if I, if I really, really wanted it, it would be proven by what I did. And so if you really, really want it, let's see. You raise your hand, let's see. We'll be here next week at 6 o'clock. What time are you going to be here? 
You can come in 559, that's fine. You're going to bring your Bible? You're going to sign up for a small group? You're going to go serve at, 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 at um, Toys for Joy? Or are you going to come back in three weeks hoping something miraculous happened? And then go sleep around in between, watch pornography, sleep around? That's not wanting it. That's not wanting it. And the reason I'm telling you this is because our culture, we, you live in a very entitled culture. God doesn't go by culture. He's like, I only have one criteria. I need your whole heart. That's it. I need your whole heart. So if you really, really want it, God is going to see. God is going to see. We are going to tell you soon about forming teams for this service, people to serve for this service in all the campuses. Because we want to transform 6 o'clock service. And not have people come in and out and have no community so you can know people. We should never have anybody come to any of our services where, where somebody walks in this door and doesn't get greeted by five people. How many of y'all consider this your church? Raise your hand. Oh, good. When you see people, you, when you leave here, say hi to five, to five, five people. Say hi to five people. Then no one should walk in here and go, no one say hi to me. It should never happen. You know, we did a survey and a whole bunch of people say that happens all the time. Broke my heart. I go in that church, no one says hi to me. Broke my heart. So if we really want it, let me tell you something. I want it. I want it. I want it bad. I'm not just, yeah, 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 I'm on it. So when I ask you, do you want it, let's go. Okay, here we go to the story. Ready? Are y'all ready? Let's read the story. Oh, one more thing. Number three, define and confront the storm that is challenging you. Define and confront the storm that is challenging you. What's the storm? It's all the naysayers in your head. Oh, God ain't going to bless you. Why are you praying? Why are you going to church? You don't need a Bible. They're going to put it up on the screen. No, we're not. Not tonight. And they're going to take all your money. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. All the negativity that is getting in your way telling you you don't need to be committed. What is that? Because you can raise your hand here today and walk out of here, and then all of a sudden now you have all this opposition to you being a man of God, a woman of God. Ladies, you want to be a woman of God? Yes. Ladies, you want to be a woman of God? <laughs> Give me some yes. Ladies, you want to be a woman of God? Yeah. Fellas, you want to be a man of God? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All you fellas want to be a man of God, honor the girl you're with. And do not touch her body. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Leave the cookies alone. Now he's getting up in my business. I don't know about all that. <laughs> verse 22, chapter 14, verse 22. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. He, he had performed all these miracles in his disciples, uh, in, in, in the, in the uh, presence of his disciples. And now he wants to see which one of them is going to get the trick. Not the trick, the lesson. It says, verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was boisterous. So Jesus commits, he, he performs a miracle. He says, did you see that? You're going to do that one day. He performs a miracle. He says, did you see that? You're going to do that one day. He performs a miracle. Did you see that? You're going to do that one day. Then he feeds 5,000 people with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And as soon as all these people are eating, 5,000 people, he says to his disciples, get in the boat, go in the water. And he goes up into the mountain to pray. Why didn't he go in the boat with him? 
He had a plan. He goes up to the mountains to pray, and then a storm comes. Now, of course, I wasn't there, and he and I haven't talked one-on-one about this, but I suspect when he went into the mountain, he prayed for the storm. Father, you know my disciples are out there. I need to teach them a lesson. Can you send storm 22B? Not the, like, trip them out, drown them storm, but not a drizzle. I want them to get scored. Just <laughs> scored. Just, just send that storm. And so, so the route they're going, oh, I'm going to drown. I'm going to drown. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Okay, so here's what happens. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus went walking on the sea. Now, I'm sure that y'all seen people in your community, your school, or on television walk like this. <laughs> Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, this... This, we have a lot of names for that walk. Uh, this walk did not come from Compton or Brooklyn. It came from this story. Because as Jesus was walking on the waves, as the waves were going up and down, that's how that came about. So next time you see a brother walking like that, you need to go up to him and say, hey, man, you know where that came from? The Bible. Let me show you where that came from. Are you a Christian? Oh, just ask him that, okay? So here's Jesus walking on the sea, man, walking in the middle of the night. And the Bible says in verse 26, the disciples saw him walking on the water and they were troubled and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And immediately said, Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. That's all he said. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if, it's, if it is you, call me and I will come to you on the water. This is, I, I, didn't, I, I, I never saw this until this morning when we were when I, at church when I was preaching this. God told them, don't be scared. He didn't say, come on the water. He said, don't be scared. Because he knew if he can remove fear, they would do stuff. Do you know that there's so much stuff you're not doing because you fear something? All of y'all raise your hand. I want what God wants for me. Now, I want you to think about what you really want. What do you think it is? Because God will tell you. He wants you to be sexually pure. He wants you to be a powerful prayer person. He wants you to learn the Bible. Whatever it is, he wants you to be servant. Something. He wants you to, you know, you'll know at least some of those things. But the reason that one of the main reasons you won't pursue it is because you have fear. What people might say. What if it doesn't work? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? And so Jesus said, he said to Peter, to the disciples, don't be afraid. And if I can remove your fear, you'll do what comes, the Spirit leads you to do. Imagine what you would do if you didn't fear. What would you do? What risk would you take slash step of faith? In other words, the reason people don't take steps of faith is because they're scared of something. The unknown. The Bible says the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lord, I want something. I want to try it. I want to see it happen. But I don't know. Well, guess what? That causes fear. People don't like uncertainty. God is all about uncertainty, unfortunately. God said, if you're going to follow me, I'm not telling you everything. How many of you all like to know everything before you take a step? Did you see that? I almost fell off the stage. 
Raise your hand real high, real high. If you, if you say, I need to know everything, I got bad, bad news for you. Nah, for real, it's really bad. God is never going to give you it all. He's not. But he will give you just enough for, based on his belief in your faith, for you to follow him. And everything God asks you to do, he's already given you enough information. Your brain may need more, but your heart doesn't. Remove your fears. Don't fear. And if you can get over that, you will see yourself taking steps of faith into the unknown and see amazing things happen. But he says right there in verse 27, be of good cheer, be excited. It is I, you have nothing to worry about. Do not be afraid. That's all he said. Now, what if God can go and remove your fear? You would be like, I met a boxer today, professional boxer first time. And I said, you're a boxer? And I went over to him to kind of touch him, see if he was in shape. Kind of, it's just a jock thing, right? And I, I said, you're a boxer? And he did this. I, I mean, I just met the dude. He's like, mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs> the brother got no fear. It's like, I'm ready to go. Go ahead. What you got? What if God said, no more fear? You'd be like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ladies, what if you didn't fear? That if you didn't have sex, you would still find love. What if you believe, you know what, I could be pure and still get the right guy. You wouldn't risk all the things that you have to risk by jumping in that bed. Mm-hmm. He said, don't fear. So whatever that boat you need to step out of and that water you need to walk on, if you can remove the fear, you could do it today. I left two jobs to go into minute to do ministry with no job. In other words, I left a job at a church to say I'm going to go do something and had no salary. One of one of those jobs was starting this church with nothing. Why? I had no fear. I knew God was going to do it. So when you say I want to be blessed, God says, "Well, let's go. Remove your fear. Let's go." And by the way, even if you have a little fear, courage is is overcoming that fear. So look what he says. It says in verse 27, immediately Jesus spoke, said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And that's all he said. And when Peter's fear was gone, at least for a moment, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me to come to you and on the water. I'm not going to swim. I want to walk just like you walk. And Jesus said, Peter, you want to walk on water? Uh, Go get a degree. Is that what he said? He said, Peter, you want to walk on water? Go stop smoking cigarettes first. Peter didn't smoke cigarettes, but still, it's hypothetical. Peter, go stop sinning first. Go cut your hair. Go get your tattoos removed. You know what he said? No, he said, just come on. You ever hear that saying, uh, uh, Jesus will accept you where you are? It's exactly true. He will accept you just the way you are. However, he will not leave you that way. Don't think just because he will accept you the way you are that he likes the way you are and is going to leave you the way you are and approves the way you are because he doesn't, any of those things. He loves you and he's going to change you. When I get up every day, God accepts me the way I am tomorrow morning. But he still says, i got to change some stuff. Still. And I've been walking with God 31 years. He says, Peter said, uh, Jesus said to Peter, come on. So look what happened. Peter 
came out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. Can you imagine Peter's first step? He's like, the boat's shaking, and he went, ah! And then he started walking on the water to Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, just think about it. I know none of y'all ever walked on water, but just imagine if God is saying, walk on water, and you're thinking, I can really do this. And he put his foot on the water, and as long as he looked at Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, he walked on the water. But, everyone say but. Everybody's got a but. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, you got a but. Everyone say but. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was what? Ah. He was what? Ah. I want you to say it again. I want to say it loud. Say it louder. He was what? Ah. He was afraid. You know how much of our sinful behavior is motivated by fear? You know how much our lack of obedience is motivated by fear? When Peter walked on water, he had no fear. He looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus can do this. And as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the wind and the water and the waves and started to think, remember the storm that's challenging your faith, the storm and the, and the, the information in your head that's giving you fear. As soon as he focused on that, he began to sink, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? What? I'm in the boat. I'm in the boat. Oh, oh, oh. There's a ghost. There's a ghost. And Jesus said, hey, the ghost is me. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. Oh, it's Jesus. Oh, good. I'm in the boat. I'm, not, I'm Thomas, right? And then Peter stands up and says, call me. And he's like, you going to walk on water? What? How are you going to do that? And Peter starts walking on the water. And he's like, oh, snap. The other disciples are like, how's he doing that? He starts to sink. Jesus is still on the water. He grabs him. He stands on the water. He grabs him. And all of a sudden, they, they go into the boat together. Somehow they got in the boat. And he says to Peter, oh, you a little faith. I'm still on the boat holding on to the oar. What does that say about my faith? If he has little faith. What does that say about my faith? How many of y'all come to church out of faith? What I mean by that is that you come to church with this expectant desire that God is going to speak to you. This expectant desire that God is going to use you, that you're going to worship God, enter into his presence, or just out of habit. I mean, out of habit requires no faith. Requires no faith to come just to hang out and, and get entertained. That's not wanting God. He says, oh, you guys in the boat, yeah, y'all been following me. Y'all have no faith. You just have nothing better to do. You just think it's cool hanging out with, with who you think is the Savior. He had faith. He had a little bit, but he had faith. And his little faith got him to walk on water. Man, how many of y'all are sitting in the boat still thinking you got faith? You're going to go back to your security blanket. And you come here to check the box, say, okay, God, me and you go. I'm going to go back and do what I do. God says, no, I want you to leave. I want you to walk away from that. I want you to trust me. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Ain't that ironic. As soon as they got in the boat, the storm ended. Ah, you know what? Again, I wasn't there. But I imagine if Jesus went in the boat and said, hey, Dad, I'm good. 
You can cut it off now. <laughs> then those who were, in the, who were in the boat came and worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. Here's my challenge to you. There's some of y'all in here who say, you know what, I really want it. You've seen altar calls week after week and you're sitting in your seat and you go, man, one day I'm going I'm to do that. I need not to go back to the same thing I was doing when I came here tonight. You said, I told you to think about it. You said, I want all that God has for me. I have to make a commitment to walk away out of my boat and trust God to go to that next level. You said it. I told you five times, don't raise your hand. And then I told you I didn't believe you. Why? Because I'll believe it when you do it. There was a guy who was talking to his friend. He said there were two frogs on a rock. And one decided to jump. How many were left? Answer that question. How many were left? One or two? Okay, let me. You, exactly. The, the, even the one who decided to jump didn't jump. So there were two. Just because you decide don't mean you got to do it. You got to do it, do it, to do it. And so God is calling you. You feel froggy jump. God is saying, you want this? Come out of your boat. Walk away from whatever you are holding on to as your security blanket and say, God, I'm willing to be faithful. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Why don't you start reading your Bible every day? Why don't you start serving? Come to Toys for Joy Saturday. Why don't you give as we talk about? Why don't you get in a small group? Just sign up, go online. You can do it before you leave the parking lot. Great, God, I'm ready. But if you just go back to your same old thing, this was a waste of time. If you just go back to the same old thing, you really don't want it. God's saying, if you want it, let's go. And by the way, if you want it, you'll get it. He who knocks, the door will be open. He who calls, I will answer. He who searches, they will find. No doubt. God will give it to you. So in a minute, we're going to pray. And here's your opportunity to say, Lord, number one, I need Jesus as my Savior. Some of you need to ask Christ to be your Savior. We're going to give you the opportunity here in a few minutes. And then there's some of y'all in here who say, Lord, I want to take I really do want to walk out of my boat. I want to be more committed. And I want to start tonight. If you're here with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, do it together. My wife and I lived together for four years. Then we got saved. We were not saved before that. So we did all that stuff. And it was fun. Then we got saved. And we got married real quick. But between the time we got saved and we got married, we said, you know, we're going to honor God. And we stopped. Was it hard? Heck yeah. That's not the point. It was right. You want to honor God? Let's go. Oh, by the way, God will honor you. No doubt. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, we thank you so much that you are willing to call any of us out of our boat that we can walk on water, that we can do the impossible in our life. You are so faithful. And Lord, you know every person in this room 
and you know the ones that really want you. But the only ones that really want you are going to be evident by what they do. I pray that they are challenged to prove to themselves that they really want it. And I pray that if they go home and go back to their routine, that you would whisper in their ear, step out of the boat. And they would be challenged to step out of their boat. That you want to see their action. And if they take one step toward you, you will take five steps towards them. The Bible says that you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And he will draw near to you faster than you draw near to him. He will draw near to you with more commitment than you draw near to him. So for all of you who say, yes, I want it. I want to step out of my boat. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It may be a prayer of salvation. It may be a prayer of commitment. But I want you to pray it in your heart. Tell God, yes, I want to step out of the boat today, and I'm ready to start today. And all the campuses, in the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I surrender my life to you. I want to step out of my boat. Forgive me of my lack of faith. Forgive me for fearing and being scared. I trust you. I trust you died and rose from the dead for me. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my relationships to you. I surrender my dreams to you. Thank you. As all of our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to stand if you prayed that prayer. And I want you to think back to when you rose your hand and why you rose your hand. I want you to think back, do you really want it? And this is the time to take that first step out of that boat like Peter did. So eyes closed, heads bowed. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to stand quickly with confidence, with conviction. One, two, three. Three, just stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Good. God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now in a minute, I'm going to ask all y'all to come down to the altar, and the rest of us we want to cheer for them and encourage them. Come on out of your seat. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. God bless you. 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 
bless you. God 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 bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Do that again. Do that again. God bless you. 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 Very good. God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 God bless you, sir. God bless you. 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 If you really want it, he'll give it to you. If you really want it, he'll give it to you. A lot of times people come to church and they have emotional decisions and all that stuff. That's great, but now you just do it. And if you pursue God, you will find him. He's not going to run from you. He's going to run towards you. Amen? He's going to run towards you. If you say, God, I want you and I'm going to pursue you as hard as I pursue that girl, that guy, that drug or whatever, that money. If you do that, you will get it. You will get him and more than you could ever ask or imagine. Amen? I've seen people do this all day long. Let's do more than that. Say, Lord, I am going to be that one. I am going to do it. I am going to pursue you and follow you with all my heart. Why? Because y'all know the devil, just he'll promise you you don't need that, here's what you get, and he'll give you death. He'll promise you pleasure, he'll give you death. Amen? Because he's a liar. But God's not going to just go, God God wants your whole heart. So we're going to pray for you, then we're going to walk you in that room, and uh, God's going to do something in your life. Lord, I just pray for all these people, I pray you bless them. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that you would challenge on a spiritual level every single person listening. And they will go home and think about stepping out of their boat every day. I pray they would go home and think about what do I have to do to get everything God wants from me? How bad do I really want it? How bad? And Lord, I pray we pursue you with all our heart. In Jesus' name, bless these people who are standing here. Bless the people sitting in their seats. Turn a fire on in our heart that will pursue you with all our heart. Lord, challenge us to walk into the impossible in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Let's give them a hand as they go out. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. Before Pastor Marcus closes out, let me say this to you. I believe that God can change this city, not only through this church, but just through y'all. Just y'all. Just y'all. This right here can be the nucleus of something. Why? Because y'all are young. Y'all are passionate. You have vision. And God wants to do something through y'all. And I want to challenge you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Because we've been doing this for 15 years here, and I was doing it five years before that, or 13 years before that. And, it, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a job to us. It's a passion for us. And y'all have your life ahead of you, and God wants to use young people. And I want you to pray about, Lord, I want to be, I want to turn this, just this service and all our campuses into a movement and a revival in this city. Not that we just come to church every now and then and get a laugh and see some people get saved, but that it's way more than that. So I want you to be praying about that because we're going to be forming teams very shortly to have more, uh, not only activities after service and before, but to develop a, a strong sense of community here so we can go out and ch change San Diego for real. Amen? God can do it through you. If you want it, he can do it. And that's my challenge, you say, to ask God, what role do you want me to play? Do you want me to be a teacher? you want me to be a preacher? you want me to be a counselor? you want me to serve somewhere? What does God want to use you? Because he wants to use you. He wants to use you. Amen? Amen. Pastor? Thank you, Pastor Miles. Pastor Miles, I just want to tell you, uh, thank you for what you do.